East and West with Mario and Les, with your hosts Leslie Russo and Mario Kiki. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of East and West with Mario and Les. I obviously am Les and this is my co-host. Mario Kiki, how are you Miss Leslie? I am good, how are you? I am befuddled at the world that is Bravo because one- Oh my God. Oh, you know what? We're going to just jump right in. I'm Let's so do it. Yeah. I'm so we don't have to talk about our own shit right now. We need, there's no. much Bravo to talk about. So let's no. go for it. I am just, oh, okay. First of all, Scandaval feels like it was 84 years ago, but it was in March of this year right? when it all happened. But we're it's back in the limelight because one Bethany Frankel brought it back to the limelight because she's on you know she's on she's calling it a reality reckoning. One thing Bethany loves is a phrase she thinks is going to take off. So whether she's making a stupid pun or <laughs> whether she's trying to be clever and cute, like yeah, you know, can we talk has, about that for one second? Yeah, she, her her naming her dogs Biggie and Smalls was such an like the stupidest thing I heard forever ago and I was just like oh she's so cute and oh she's so cute yeah but any whatever I'm like Heather Dubrow I'm like oh you're so cute <laughs> like, <laughs> okay bitch shut up um but if you haven't heard now we did take last week off we did think about recording an episode because um Bethany interviewed or dropped a three-part interview with Raquel from Vanderpump Rules right now if you you have been living under a pop culture rock. Raquel was the one who plowed her best friend's boyfriend on Vanderpump Rules. Right. It was it was a thing. We recapped all the episodes. Go for months, up. not just for one time months. either. For months. And so, yeah, me and Leslie did talk about it, but I told Leslie, like, look, girl, I didn't learn anything new from these parts, these interviews. This girl is annoying. She's digging a bigger hole for herself. Yep. I have no interest discussing it, but here we are. But the only reason I'm bringing it up today is because later this week, Ariana, mm -hmm. who was the one that got betrayed by Rachel, right. has come out and reacted to Bethany Frankel's interview. She says that the interview has impacted her mental health, why she's more upset with Bethany, actually, and addresses Raquel dismissing their friendship. Now, days after the interview went live, Ariana actually appeared on Sheena Shea's podcast. Um, she... Ariana says she wished um, Raquel the best. First of all, wishing Raquel the best is already diplomatic enough. Like, you don't have to wish her anything. Yeah, don't, you don't have to like, be her best friend, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly anything, yeah. So she did wish her the best. She started off right then and there. Right. Um, Ariana clarified that her lawyer already reassured Raquel that when Raquel sent Ariana a cease and desist to the cast as a precaution, um, her lawyer responded that the precaution was thorough, and but she was very clear that nothing was ever shared, and they gave her proof because Raquel alleged that you know some NSF or not safe for work video of her was sent to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Ariana took umbrage with Raquel saying that they shared that without consent. She's saying it's offensive. She doesn't have it. She doesn't hold on to it. She said the video's gone. She said she maybe saw about five seconds of it, but she said she wasn't sitting there like eating popcorn on movie night. Right. Can I just uh, like just interject here? Oh, as Please my microphone do. just fell over onto me. Great. Please do. So she's saying that, um, you know, the, about the video, she's upset, Raquel, about the video. She blames everybody but Sandoval. 
that for that video what is so frustrating about this interview with Bethany and Raquel because you know Bethany has been accused of not supporting other women by one mm-hmm. legend Ramona Singer so <laughs> for Bethany to use her platform her massive platform to bring Raquel on the show and interview her about her alleged horrible experience with Bravo and production or whatever and to not once ask you know, Bethany famous infamously said it's about Tom. Bitch, bring up Tom. This is the one yeah. time you brought up Tom. Like, right. Hello. Like there was no mention of Tom. Like I, that. I, know. I, I I only listened to part one and part two because there was way too many commercials. Talk about monetizing. Oh, let's talk about and, that. In her last about- rant, like like clapping back at Tamara and Teddy. I timed out that there were, I think that it was like a 15 minute or a fifth, I think it was a 15 minute show, that last one that she did. And about nine minutes of it were commercials. I mean, this, good for you, girl, but come on. That's why it's so hypocritical that she is claiming this girl was exploited. She's mm-hmm. claiming this girl was taken advantage of. But let's bring her on my podcast and let's monetize the shit out of this. And then right. let's let's not pay her. And let's make sure that we attack the network. We focus on big, you know, uh-huh. oh, yeah. And so that's why Ariana said that she has, she doesn't give a flying F word what uh, Bethany says. She Good said for her. Bethany is, she said, Bethany is who I feel like should have known better. This, these are Ariana's quotes from the podcast with Sheena. She said, Bethany should have known better and who actually, I think, upset me more in the things that were said because even, I guess, as recently in whatever podcast, she said, Ariana has forgiven Tom. And she said, why is Bethany speaking for her? First of all, I don't know yeah. you. You don't know me. What the fuck are you talking about, lady? So there were a lot of things said by her that actually made me more angry because she should know better. She which should. Is true. And that's a true stance. You know, Bethany is just going um, off the headlines and the article. And to me, it's like, aren't Yeah, you- uh, that I take, I take umbrage with that because- The thing is, she went into it just like Howie Mandel. She had never watched an episode of the show. She says this on the podcast, and I'm sorry, but that's unprofessional, and you need to be prepared, especially if you're going to have such a strong opinion about something you're talking about. You can't go based on nothing. But you know what cracks me up? They Bethany says it in such a way to like remind the audience how above it she is. Right, exactly, exactly, because she's right. She's only out for Bethany and it's true. And if she wants to sue me for saying that, go for it. (laughs) Don't sue me, Bethany. I have a lawyer husband, so so I'm good. She she just comes off as like, oh my God, I'm just so busy all the time. And I don't Mm -hmm. even have time to watch Vanderpump Rules, but I see the headlines. I see the mess and I see the content. But but listen, let me remind you 17 times. I don't watch the show. Okay. I'm just here to I feel so bad for you. It's a mess. Like, but she does it to be cool and she's such a cool girl because she doesn't watch Vanderpump rules and she doesn't mm-hmm. watch the housewives. I don't keep right. up with them. It's like, girl, shut up then. Leave us alone. Like, I'm speaking for the super fans. Leave me alone then. If this yeah. is not your cup of tea, where was all this out of it? Yeah. Norma Ray nonsense that you're trying to pull years ago. Cause you left she left the show years ago. Mm-hmm. Like she left the show years ago. She allegedly tried to pitch a show in March of this year to Bravo. Mm-hmm. They told her to kick rocks. The other gossip I heard was that she was mad at Andy for feeling, quote, right. at the Watch What Happens Live tape. Right, by him and Jeff, and that her daughter was upset by that. Her daughter left the show feeling sad because she was in the audience, and I'm telling you, she's being vindictive, and this is what she's doing now. 
now she is, you know, she probably felt crunchy. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They, were they tough on her? Yes, rightfully so, because she's the one that attacked Housewives. Right. And then launched the Rewives podcast. Well, hello. Like- Wouldn't she have said the same thing if she were in that position? She calls everybody out. She's she such did. a hypocrite. She is the she- Trump of Bravo. I heard somebody say that. And I, I agree. I agree. She can't see her own shit. And then when you're listening to her on the last rant, it was a rant full of her one-liners, basically. Maybe I do know it all. Like, I, that's what it was. Like, I couldn't take it. It just it's I had to turn it off. For, it's such a fall from grace because I do love Bethany on the show. Mm-hmm. I love the Bethany Frankel we saw on The Real Housewives. Nice. But this rebranded Bethany on TikTok eating crab legs or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. she was eating and seafood and um, hair messed up. goddamn minds. Doing makeup and... Um, Whatever she's doing to rebrand herself to the Gen Z audience, it's not working uh-huh. for my non-Gen Z ass. No. But to me, it's like, girl, like you went from skinny girl to bitter girl because now you need to come out with bitter girl or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bitter Betty is over here claiming all this. I mean, and listen, is there some validity to the shit she says? Is reality TV manufactured? Of course. Of course. Well, some of it, yes. And I do some think that it- a lot of them don't get paid enough. Either. I agree. Like, like, yes. Should there be a complete overhaul with how these people are paid and treatment and equality? Yes. But ultimately, the reality stars themselves have said that they can't even agree on their own show salary. So how right. are they going to agree on some broad scale? And yes, I'm not like two things can be true at once. They can need to be paid more. And Bethany's off her rocker and self-serving like she is coming off very self-serving. And she's coming off hypocritical. That's why yeah. I love when Teddy uh, even brought it up on her podcast. Teddy accused Bethany of making Raquel's interview all about herself. Teddy yeah. said that Raquel or Bethany could have asked Raquel stuff like, tell us about growing up in a pageant. Like, why did, how did that change your perspective of yourself? Mm-hmm. But instead, it was all about Miss Bethany Frankel. And listen, a qualification of a housewife is narcissism. So she's doing a great job. But she's also, and she's admitted that she likes the attention. She likes mm-hmm. the reactions. She knows she's burning bridges. She keeps sending she doesn't letters. Care. She keeps sending letters she lost to the it. network. And, yeah. Ugh. But anyway. It's weird. It like screams like Karen going through menopause. It screams, I have nothing to do right now because I keep trying. Like I said weeks ago, uh-huh. when the new Roni reboot started and everybody well received it, I think there was a part of her that was like, oh shit, the door is not completely open like it used to be for right. me. And that's well, let me tell, I- right, go ahead, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. I want to tell you something she said in her rant, but go ahead. No, say it, I'm done. <laughs> so in her rant, she was like, well, I'm on YouTube now and on TikTok and I make more money doing that than I ever would have made on the housewives with millions of people following me and watching me, whatever. Why would I want to be on a show that has only 400,000 viewers? So she's subscribing to that old, like you used to check the ratings member. And like, she's subscribing to that old, like version of the ratings that doesn't include people that are DVRing and streaming it and everything else. So she's full of shit. And to me, it's like, yeah, that's such a cheap talking point because we, like we said, the landscape of live ratings is completely different. It's changed. Um, I think that if Bravo knew that the show was, I mean, listen, these are 
it's a corporation. They know when it's a bad right. investment. They are not. But if she wants to bring a boat shit, let's see her try to bring up. Let's see her sell something with the word skinny in it now in 2023. Yeah, let's see her true. come out and promote skinny girl anything nowadays, Bethany Frankel. Like, let's, well, like, yeah. Like that said, that was a, at the time, yes, it was exciting and innovative and whatever, and it was cute, but you know, there's different conversations that happen in today's market. Mm -hmm. So let's bring a boat shit, Bethany. Like she has been inappropriate. She has been, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not even going to get into. Horrible. She's been horrible. And I am rewatching Roni right now with my son, Ethan, who is on like episode or season seven or something maybe. And so I'm torn because here I'm watching her on these old episodes where I used to be a Bethany apologist. And now I'm seeing her like when she came back that first time when she came back, season how seven. awful she actually is. And that's the thing. I never she, noticed it before. Well, when she came back for season seven, she knew the formula by then because her mm -hmm. first three seasons are really good, iconic right. reality TV television. Because That's when I that. fell in love with her, so to speak. So, But when she came back, she knew that walking away from scenes would make sure nobody gets like mm -hmm. airtime she you know they had figured it out by then so it is a different version of bethany but she was still funny on the show that's what i'm saying i still the roni version of bethany was good for the show and for what it was but if now she wants to reformat and rewrite her story and say oh it was actually hell then all right that's your choice i guess all right i think we've given her enough Yes, yeah, so every time to... that she doesn't need without any commercials. I mean, exactly. Not to, you <laughs> know, don't have any. Exactly. You and not advertise that it... with us. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah, let's plug. But <laughs> listen, at the end of the day, huh, next week, make sure you have your skinny girl margarita brought to you by Bethany <laughs> Frank. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of housewives calling out producers. Now, listen, I know we did not cover Real Housewives of Atlanta, but it was for a reason. This season was a chore. Right. It was a challenge. It was exhausting. There was a bit of fun last episode that was probably the best moment of the season because Sheree found out that Bob had a daughter that she had never heard about. Right. <laughs> Other than that, I'm like, there did he. I, exactly. Other than that, I can't really tell you what else happened this season, but Kenya did an interview with one Carlos King, and she had been tweeting that she is upset. They edited out her, and this was upsetting to me as a fangirl because she filmed her entire uh, spa opening, Kenya Moore hair care spa opening. All the cast was there. Claudia Jordan made a cameo. And they edited completely out of the show. She called mm -hmm. out production. She retweeted a tweet that says, I find it very interesting how we managed to see Marlo go on dates, Marlo sent her drama, and now Marlo and her charity is somehow getting an overall life view, but the other girls are not getting the same type of storyline being rounded. She told Carlos King that she was bored this season working mm -hmm. with the women she's working because she knows they're faking it for the cameras. She cannot stand Courtney. Mm -hmm. So to me, when a housewife calls out production like this, it, it's a huge red flag because now they're going Absolutely. and tell, they're telling the audience like, this is bad. Like, I don't know how production is ever going to receive Kenya doing this on a public forum. I don't want her to um, get fired or I don't want no, her. No, me neither. She's pissed I, though. And I don't blame her. Yeah. I don't blame her either. The season was just so honestly, like either nothing happened dramatically between the girls that was worth 
showing mm-hmm. or they just had too much going on in their personal life because they're all busy. Like they're all busy right. doing stuff. But ultimately there was not enough. Like I think Marlo tried to make conflict happen and but it came off too staged and exactly yeah, too forced. And a, a good indicator of how the season went is that the reunion is only two parts. That has not happened since like I think I season know. two. Like season two or three. Like that has not happened since like season two or three. And could have been worse. You know, Real Housewives of New York season 13 was awful. Didn't even get a reunion. Exactly. Beverly, Beverly Hill season eight is my triggered nightmare of the season. It was so boring <laughs> and so bad. I mean, it's yeah. the, to see Atlanta be so down and so. I know, blah, it's sad. Like, it's sad. It's, sad. it's such a sad because it was one of my favorites, you know, the old school Atlanta I've been watching. Mm-hmm. And it's just. But I mean, now that Atlanta's on the way out, we have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiering September 5th, which is Tuesday. Oh, I heard this morning, actually, that Beverly Hills is coming back November 1st. I think Sutton uh, leaked the date accidentally or on purpose. But she said November 1st is when they're slated to premiere. So I'm expecting a trailer probably in late September, early October. But anyway, uh, Whitney Rose revealed that season four goes back to the quote OG Salt Lake City rules. I thought that was funny because this is only season four. I know. (laughs) I mean, how OG can it be? (laughs) She said it's very much like season one. The fights are lighter. Um, And then Tamara's like, Whitney says, it's just, the fights are dramatic, but we're just not fighting over. And Tamara interrupts with someone going to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We love our Tam. We love Tamara. Oh, she just said it. But anyway, um, Whitney uh, elaborated that it is easier. It just felt weird not having Jen there because she, quote, was an OG that built the show with her. Uh, Jen is still in prison. Um, but Whitney did note that um, she brought she brought drama to the show. A lot of people were nervous about not having Jen Shaw on the show. Mm-hmm. But Whitney, what I thought was interesting is that Whitney revealed that the new housewife, Monica, was actually formerly friends and an assistant to Miss Jen Shaw. So she had heard about Monica through the streets because Mm -hmm. of her connection to Jen Shaw. So Jen Shaw will be the ghost of Christmas past on Salt Lake City. Like she will always hover over the show because we know, we know she's in prison. We know she's watching. (laughs) We know they're going to like, it's going to be interesting to see how the show moves forward, but I am excited that Miss Mary is back as a friend. Um, yes. So September 5th, we will be recapping unless it's a chore, then we won't. Because right. We do want. Sorry. Until somebody's paying us to do this, we do, <laughs> we do what we want. We cover the content we want, darling. But those were the gossip headlines this week. Did I miss any gossip? Do you have anything on the top of your mind? No, I I don't think so. The only thing I've been focusing on is stupid Bethany this week. So, no. I think we're good. Let's let's recap. uh, Let's take a little break and then recap Real Housewives of New York, episode six, when we come back. Let's do it. Be right back. everybody welcome back it is now time for us to talk about the real housewives of new york this was episode six mario take it away oh my god so before we deep dive into the episode did you watch the mid-season trailer yet i did um i am loving these women i'm loving the energy i'm loving the 
the cast. Um, Uba, Uba, and Aaron get into it on the trailer pretty bad, and that interesting. was interesting. Interesting development because uh, starting episode six, Uba invited Aaron to her jeweler friend uh, because they're planning Aaron's anniversary party, Valerie Noor, whatever the hell she wants to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron tries on earrings that costed twenty two hundred and twenty four thousand dollars. <laughs> Girl, just throw me over a cliff because I am not going to be responsible for something that expensive. I'd be afraid. Like I, yeah. I would be too scared. Like, uh, uh-uh, I'm good. Somebody I would else rather is? walk around uh-uh. in fake yeah. earrings. Right. Put me in fake stuff. I don't care. Right. But Brit or Aaron is very excited about trying these on and they're looking forward to this party. Bryn and Jessel are also planning for their party, but they're also focusing on what they're going to wear. Bryn then reminds the audience that she's been engaged three times because it's easier to say yes. <laughs> Listen, I can't relate. I have never been proposed to. I've been uh, ghosted. My love life is like Beth. <laughs> like my love life is the Bethany Frankel of uh, love lives. But <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> can't relate to it. it's easier to, i mean it depends on the context now that i'm thinking about it sometimes right. it's easier to just say yeah so let's get this over with you know what i'm saying this is but true. anyway sorry <laughs> darren anyway. no just kidding just kidding i'm only kidding Don't present company podcast. <laughs> uh but what's funny is jess will start to analyze Aaron's party invitation and they both laugh at the fact of all the sponsors on the invitation Bryn says it looks like a invite to a Coachella poster I don't blame Aaron for getting this money paid for by everybody else but her mm-hmm. like to me that was a smart move give these local vendors exposure but we'll get to the one little thing she forgot to uh procure um in the meantime Aaron claims that she's good with Jessel minus the fact that she insinuated that Jessel insinuated Aaron doesn't support other women Jessel's generalized apology to Aaron is not the best route because Jessel, but Jessel does feel like Aaron is the common denominator because she's had a problem with almost everyone in the group. Do you agree? Hmm. Is Aaron the problem? Don't you think it's the other way around? I feel like Jessel has had a problem with almost everyone in the group. Well, because Jessel reminded us Aaron has had issues with Bryn. Aaron has had issues with jenna for leaving aaron has Mm -hmm. had issues with like with essentially everybody in the group has irritated her at some point but maybe she's just more vocal about it yeah it's gonna be like i'm gonna call you out bitch for sure (laughs) (laughs) and so i but i loved when bryn asked jessel if she specified to Aaron what she was apologizing for and <laughs> Jessel said that she just gave an all-inclusive apology I'm stealing oh, it's that. Like a, that was it's a beaches was... apology or sandals <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious I'm just like oh okay well I apologize it's an all-inclusive apology whatever right. you're mad at that's funny that, that was actually funny we get a cute scene with Jenna who explains that since she left J Crew, she has had a chance to do more things like renovating brownstones and doing interior design. Besides that, she also has started a line of false eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Her actress friend advertised her advertise it while they're on the yes. Zoom call. I don't remember the actress's name, but she was um Stevie and Shit's Creek. Stevie, yes, Shit's Creek. I forget I'm what so her sorry. name is too. I just threw a blank. I should have wrote down her. I'll Google. Name, but she was Miss Stevie on Schitt's Creek. I did not see that coming. That's I was so I fangirled out because I love Schitt's Creek. And so when I saw Stevie on there, I was like, oh, my God, look how cool Jenna is. She loves Stevie. Emily um, Hampshire. I wouldn't have Emily known that Hampshire. if I tried to think about it. 
No, she's Stevie. I'm sorry, Emily Hampshire. You are Stevie to me, and that's yes. okay, I'm sure. Um, then Aaron meets up with Abe the Babe, her husband of 10 years. They're celebrating their anniversary. They go to the Upper East Side for old time's sakes. These people are just so fabulous. I'm watching this life like, oh my God, this is so much. Yeah. Such a, such a breath of fresh air compared to previous uh, Roni seasons that kept recycling the same crap. But anyway, I yes. digress. Um, they discuss their upcoming party. It seems like a pretty big deal between the speeches and telling their vows. Erin tells us they got married after nine months of dating. She was only 25. When the waitress asked Abe if he would like a big rock with his drink, Erin <laughs> jokes she wants a big rock. And on cue, Abe whips out a massive diamond ring, which he says is pricey. He says Aaron deserves it. Aaron cracks me up because in her confessional, she goes, I'm a little pissed off because how much money was this? <laughs> I know. She wants to know how much it was. I would just be like, okay. She I'll is take quite. It. Oh my God. I need to Google what her sign is because I'm like, why are you so. Oh, um, yeah. We'll yeah, have to so... see that. Did you notice the penguin in the background? Like, I didn't oh my notice God. it when I, I watched, but then I was like, what the hell? I did not write that down, but I'm glad you brought up the penguin. Somebody posted a picture on Twitter. I'm like, what the hell is this penguin? Like, are we not going to acknowledge the big ass penguin in the background? Yeah. And to me, well, either the entire restaurant is full of people that know they're filming the show and they have to pretend they're patrons because I know some cities do that. Right. Or it just speaks of New York, how nobody cares. Like in New York, everybody minds their business. Right, exactly. And like interjects unless they have to. Like that's such a New York feel that they, nobody reacted to anything. Right. They just kept eating their dinner. To me, it was hilarious. She's a cancer, by the way. Aaron's a cancer. Oh, I need a, there you go. Need a, well, there you go. Speaking of overspending, Jessel is obsessing over these preschool applications for her twins. She's freaking out about the process while Pavi is just trying to get her to chill out. Jessel is more interested in the schools because of the price or the high profile clientele. Now, when me and Pavi saw that $62,000 price tag, he had no interest as to who goes there and more. Like, no. And I think that's per child. Per child, per that's year. Insane. That's insane. I know I, it's New York, but come on. It's a Montessori school. Also. Not eat. But to me, it's like. And this is what, and that's what like Poppy's like, what? So they can color, like what the hell are they doing? Like, yeah. And in Montessori not... school, they let them do, that's their philosophy. They just kind of oh, do yeah, whatever well, they like. If they want to sweep, they sweep. If they want to. Is... <laughs> that is a very expensive daycare. Like I am not going to <laughs> uh -uh. pay 120, like that's hell over a no. hundred thousand dollars for a year for her kid. Like, oh yeah. my God. And then she calls them cheap. She has every audacious nerve to call them cheap. Horrible. And then later on says she wants to um have another kid. I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't. Um never having sex again, at least absolutely. with her. No wonder he probably can't get it up because his bills are I'm just kidding. Let me stop. <laughs> um size <laughs> husband David does a good job remote. Listen, David reminded <laughs> me and Sai that mm -hmm. uh, Jessel might be overwhelmed considering she has twins and she's right. returning to work. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jessel just needs more support from all of us. But um, this scene was interesting to me because Sai keeps trying to tell us that she's not empathetic and she's not like vulnerable but mm -hmm. they've all seemed to come to her looking for that shoulder to like lean on. Yeah. So to me, it's like Sai who are you kidding? Like, just be yourself and let us be like, you're, she's been like the mama bear energy for me where she just wants to take care of people and she wants to make sure right. they're okay. Yeah. I find it endearing, but I also see some guardedness from her where she wants to be like, I mean, I don't want to piss her off because I saw the trailer and I'm just like, Oh shit. Right. Oh, 
Yeah, because apparently her and Bryn get into it in that trailer. If you haven't seen that trailer. And I'm like, Bryn, don't do it, bitch, because Sai's going to get you together. I know. We finally get to this anniversary party. Everyone is preparing in their own way. Erin is so excited that Jess was joining the party. She's telling the audience how above the drama they are now. Uba then calls Erin and tells her that she has COVID. Fucking COVID, man. Like, how I know. It still strikes. It still strikes, and we are, not to get too covid but we are seeing an uptick in cases. I'm nervous. Ugh, okay, don't God. ruin this for me, please. Like, don't I'm not testing me. these before I go anywhere. Sorry. Before <laughs> I go to BravoCon, too bad. <laughs> now, listen, if your ass shows I'm up with going. symptoms, <laughs> if you show up with symptoms, I'm going to throw a mask at your ass and be like, Fine, away. the tequila will kill them. I'll just drink. No, listen, my hometown is tequila, <laughs> Mexico, so yes, tequila is a great remedy. Um, but I did see that. But I think that at this point, we are aware that if you're sick as hell, stay home. Yes, of course. Except us. I'm only we're kidding. Gonna... No, <laughs> except us. Like, like, bitch. Like, we just won't tell I mean, I won't nobody. go out to dinner, but I'm going to BravoCon. Now, listen, we just won't tell nobody. And that's the problem with people. Y'all talk too much. Y'all right. want to sit there and post every little thing on social media. Like, Ugh. you have to post it. Like, if you're no. going to look stupid, like, listen, if I really want to do something, and I like yeah. if I'm going to a concert, I'm just gonna say, mm-hmm. like, my bad. I'm gonna wear a mask. I'm gonna triple mask. But right, I'm exactly. not gonna not, like this is a new normal. I'm sorry. Like, yes, it's well, serious. it's like people having the flu also or a cold. People go everywhere sick, and this is why exactly. even before COVID, my ass was wiping things down with a wipe. Because if you think about when you grab a shopping cart, what is on people's hands that are touching that? Exactly. You may vomit. Okay, exactly. so there you go. And so, anyway, sorry for the COVID tangent. Yes, yeah, I was just very triggered. Going that off Uba, on a tangent. I was so. I mean, I just felt so bad for Uba because <laughs> now she's the one that got the jewelry, and now and she, she can't she even probably, go. She probably fake tested positive. She's like, you know what? I can't be at this facility. If that jewelry gets stolen, they're gonna blame <laughs> right. it on me. Right, exactly. It was her so, great idea. She googled. <laughs> she googled a fake positive test and was like, "Hey, girl, take care of that jewelry, but I ain't gonna make it." <laughs> right. If, Anyway, they go, this old bank venue looked like a wedding. It was huge building. She has a bar, Erin has a borrowed bodyguard for the evening because of her millions of dollars worth of diamonds. And she said Mm -hmm. she's fine with that. Now, if that bodyguard was a little more gorgeous, I would not, I'd be like, listen, follow me anywhere, (laughs) anywhere. Give me, you know, give me a cavity check. Do what you got to do. Oh my God. (laughs) But listen, I, (laughs) I was ready. But anyway, Bryn rolls up already eyeing men bouncing up around the room Bryn looked like she was hungover she had a fur coat and sunglasses on she (laughs) she was like I the energy I got from Bryn was like I don't want to be here this she looked bored the second she walked in it didn't look that exciting to her credit so it didn't it really didn't it was like uh, all those speeches speeches well Yes. And then we, Jessel gets there. She said she's very happy for a night out. And then Jenna arrives. She keeps trying to grab Aaron's ass at the greeting and Aaron's not reacting. I don't know if. <laughs> right. Aaron's I know. Gonna... But this is the context. Like they're both very thin women and mm-hmm. Aaron's wearing like this fence link dress. I could yeah. not understand that dress choice. Like I was like, really? Like this is the choice. Um, it's a very New York dress. Jenna totally. gets there and she keeps grabbing. At one point, Jenna even looks at the camera like this bitch is not reacting to my uh-huh. ass grab. Like, do I just keep going? Like, what the hell right. am I supposed to do? And so it was funny. And then Sai comes solo because the babysitter is sick. 
allegedly, but I think her husband heard <laughs> that Aaron just doesn't feed people at these parties because there's been many a party that she does not feed these people. Yeah, he didn't seem like he was really into going from the beginning. He's, so that's, he's like, you know, you do you. He's good. I doesn't care. I don't. Now, this is the part that was interesting because Bryn says she's getting bored. And in her confessional, uh-huh. she says, what do I do when I get bored? I just act out. So right. let's start looking for some trouble. <laughs> Abe the babe goes and greets them. Bryn immediately starts flirting with Abe. She says that if you divorce Aaron, she's available. She lets mm-hmm. the people know. She's also interested in Aaron's dad and his checkbook. She would make Aaron call her mom when she dates her dad. <laughs> when Bryn heard that Abe and Aaron didn't actually exchange vows during their first wedding, she goes, oh, so technically that's not even married. So you're available. <laughs> it was a lot of heavy flirting. I thought it was cute. It was funny. I thought it was funny. The Twitter consensus, though. Was oh, my Lord. Watch your pearls. <laughs> <laughs> that she was doing too much. She was flirting too heavy. Mm-hmm. And... Aaron takes everything personally. And I don't say that in a shady way. Like she, I mean, I say that in a way that's good for the show. Yeah. Aaron takes everything personally. So when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my God, Aaron's going to lose her shit because it was very flirty and it was very, um, I knew that to me, it's funny, but watching Aaron, like, oh, right. To her, it wasn't definitely not. So in the meantime, we get a random cameo by Meredith and Brooks Mm -hmm. Marks. We love a Bravo crossover. I had no idea Meredith Marks was ever going to appear in this season. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Or, or how these two even know each other. Like, this I know. Is what I, but listen. Six Meredith degrees of a- Jewish separation is how they know each other. We all know each other somewhere. Know- you meet another Jewish person. They're like, do you know this one? Oh, my God. Yes, do we you know, know them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, according to Lisa Barlow, Meredith has fucked half of New York. So maybe she was just getting her work done. <laughs> she was doing her work. And right, exactly. Um, Jenna lets Cy and Jessel know that she's newly single. It's been hard on her. What I deduce from this conversation is that Jenna's girlfriend did not want to be on the show. Yep. Um, and so she said she wanted to keep it private. I think people were pressuring Jenna, your girlfriend needs to be on the show. This is a reality show. And so her girlfriend was like, toodles. Right. Um, Sai and Jess will do their best to help Jenna through it, but they are also trying to get some more gossip out of her. Jenna dances around her gossip. And so to try to make Jenna feel better, Jess will just blurts out, would you like to have a threesome with me and my husband? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Jessel was joking, but um, it was a nice way for her to break the sadness with this random offer for a threesome. So right. um, I am so enamored with Jessel in a way that I did not expect to be because when you first met her, she was, she's so funny that she doesn't realize she's funny. She's one of those, like she's funny in a way that she just says what she has to say and she says it without thinking, but it's so intended in uh, just jest and Jessel, I'm going to call her Jessel. It's British humor. British humor, (laughs) darling. Yeah. But okay. And then the speeches start and when I say they start, there was no stop button in sight because they rattled on and on and on and on. Bryn Uh says, this is mind numbing. And I (laughs) was with Bryn. Sai suggests they should all go to Nobu because there's no food at the party. Um, How does she have another party with no food? I need to know. Like, I need to ask her. When I see her at BravoCon, I am asking her that. I feel, you know what? Erin should redeem herself and host a fucking cater dinner at BravoCon. Just be like, look, girl, come eat, take to-go plates, do something. Because (laughs) 
and in size defense, she's a pescatarian, and Aaron only had like pigs in a blanket, and so I'm just like, oh shoot. But to me, finger foods like that—that's not food at a party. I'm sorry, like that. Yeah, it's cocktail food. hour food. That's yeah, like cocktail hour food. Past hors d'oeuvres. It should have been on the invitation. Well, they're all plotting there. Where are they going to go get their caloric? They, they're they're all like, we need to go meet our caloric intake for the day because we haven't <laughs> ate today. And so right. they're all chit-chatting. Erin's sister makes her way over to them and <laughs> says that they need to quiet down. Bryn immediately gets New York on her ass and was like, are you going to tell everybody else to stop talking to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And and Sai in her confessional says she needs to tell the speakers to stop talking. She's talking to the wrong Enough. people. Enough, yeah. <laughs> It was droning on and on. And listen, I love that these women are in love in real life on the show. And this is across the board, across the city. I love it. But I do not care about wedding renewals, wedding vows. No, first I, of all, yeah. Like, I, I never, oh, please. She had it. a Jewish wedding, as did I. So you do the Jewish vows. Like, I think, I think that groom does them in Hebrew. You do the same ones in English. And it's done. We did not write our own vows. And I'm not going and having a party to write vows now. That wasn't the thing to do when we got married. We didn't do it. And whatever. I'm not doing that. Who cares? The only, the only Jewish wedding I went to was when Charlotte married Harry on, in the <laughs> City. And that was, that was, a, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. one of my favorite episodes. One of my favorite Jewish weddings. But then Erin finally gets the chance to say her vows. She goes, and then apparently everybody's talking. She shushes the hell out of them, which I love because I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but then they all go to the dance floor. But since there's no food, Sai's probably lightheaded and was like, uh-uh. So she Irish exits to Nobu. Mm -hmm. She leaves and misses Erin's second dress reveal. So Erin is personally offended. She cannot get over the fact that Sai didn't say goodbye to her. <laughs> Now, Aaron equates this to Sai being a hypocrite because Sai called Jenna rude for doing the same thing when they were in the Hamptons. Dun, right. dun, dun. I do not think it's the same thing, first of all. I am not no. on Aaron's. I don't get the same point of view here because when you contextualize this, mm -hmm. they were at a, somebody's house in the Hamptons. Right. It's completely different from being at a huge no food party. And Sai already went to this wedding. She sat there. She gave her time. It wasn't mm -hmm. an intimate dinner party of 12. This was a huge, like, whatever. So I think that Aaron, here we go, is looking for, as Kyle Richards say, tits on an ant. Yes. So, but we do see next week's preview. Abe the babe tells Aaron that Bryn was flirting with him. Oh, I can't wait. Because you know they don't show, you know they don't show them the footage. So all yeah. Aaron is going to hear is that this woman was flirting with my husband. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's not going to be right. So, and then I, wait, Bryn went on like a little apology tour on exactly. Instagram about it. So oh, she, she did. She, and that's what annoyed me is that Bryn went on Twitter and, or no, she went on Instagram or and Twitter, she, whichever it was. Yeah. Whatever the fuck it was. And she spoiled, or she was like, oh, we're fine now. I'm like, girl, shut up. Like, we are watching right. this now. Like, I stay know. off social media. So we need to do, like, a consulting session at BravoCon with these housewives and be like, listen, girl, this is right. what you don't do, first of all, as a fan. <laughs> right. Please do not spoil it for us. It's like, but please shut the fuck up. Anyway, um... So that was New York. And yeah. should we take a break? Do you want to just jump right into yeah, OC? We can take a break for a second. I thought New York was a nice solid episode this week, though. Just want to say. It was. Good. I love it. And enjoyable. All right, you I'm guys. We it. will be right back. Hello. 
everybody. Welcome back. We just finished discussing the Bravo gossip and this week's Real Housewives of New York. And now we are going to dive into the OC. This was episode 11. We had like a bye week where it wasn't on last week. So that's that was the longest week of my life. It was so long. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. So anyway, the episode starts off as Shannon fills John in on what happened at the party and we're treated to some flashbacks of the party. And it seems as she's telling this story, shocked by what everyone thinks of her relationship, both her and John are the only ones who are buying it. Like they're, they can't understand why everybody thinks their relationship is so bad. So at this point, is it, yeah, is it's it not like sh- I'm like, it's not like Shannon's the one talking about it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. When she's drunk, it doesn't remember. So at this point, Shannon is blaming the entire thing on Heather, who I actually believe said all this to begin with off camera. Her motives yes. for doing that are questionable, though. And I wonder if she wanted Gina and Emily to bring it up on camera so they would take the blame. Honestly, Mm. who knows? But the point is, they were all talking about it. It is not just one person's fault here. So meanwhile, Emily meets up with a woman named Kimberly, who was wrongly charged with murder and was freed by the California Innocence Project. The two connected previously, and they are now shopping for a dress for the gala that's coming up. And I'm becoming oddly obsessed with Emily, and it's actually nice to see her philanthropic side. Uh, Over at Gina's, her and Heather FaceTime, and Heather tells Gina that she's driving to Huntington to talk to Shannon, who is setting up for her taco party. Gina tells Heather she's letting Shannon know that she won't be at the party, as she doesn't think she wants her there anyway. And we flash back to Jen's party, where the two are arguing. Heather Mm. says that she had every intention of going to the party, but she feels uncomfortable. Over at Tam's house, she's getting glammed up for the taco fiesta, and she's telling her makeup artist all about the drama at the last party. And we cue to Shannon, who is busy setting up, and it actually looks super cute. Heather arrives, and the two sit down to talk. Heather apologizes, but doesn't like that people are saying she's the one spreading the information. She tells Shannon that she's never once initiated a conversation about Shannon's relationship, okie dokie, and that everything Shannon has told her is still in the vault. So here- (laughs) Heather is very strategic in her wording in that scene. Yes. Because she used that word initiated very Mm, clearly. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. (laughs) So, and this is the point where I assume those confessionals, the little four windows were filmed after all of this drama. So Shannon freaks out and tells Heather that she is the one alluding to all of these horrible details about her and John. She goes on to say that she has normal relationship issues, blended families, spending time together, etc., Heather says, yeah, but there have been other things that you've told me, but I'm not going to go there. So we cue to that Foursquare confessional, and we hear all of the things again that Heather said. And Heather, <laughs> Heather says, you told us all of these things. But Shannon goes on to blame Heather, who is not having it. And Shannon tells her that if she's concerned about her, she wouldn't be telling everybody else. What cracks me up about Shannon's description of her fights is she says, <laughs> I have normal fights that paralyze me. I'm like, right. girl, that's not normal. That's not normal. Right. A normal fight is a normal fight. If you're paralyzed after it, <laughs> I, there's trouble on the horizon. So anyway, Heather uh, 
says that you seem to forget that you tell lots of people lots of things. And then in the confessional, Heather tells us that when Shannon is sad at night and drinks, she calls a plethora of people and spills her problems. We flash to Gina, who then says she drinks the truth serum and it brings out the truth. Flash to Tamara, who says the next morning, Shannon has no memory of it. And then flash to Emily, who says Shannon needs a breathalyzer on her phone before drunk dialing. I, I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. So Shannon tells Heather that John is a private person. And Heather says that's not true. And then we flash to Heather in her confessional that says Shannon has told her and other people that John likes the limelight. And that's a lot of the reason he's with her. Ooh, that I mean, was hard. I, I mean, know. it's probably true. That was tough. It, but yeah, I got flashbacks to BravoCon because I went to um, Shannon's photo op to meet her and said hi to her. Yeah. And John was sitting five feet away, greeting everybody. People were taking selfies with him. Right. It felt very cringy. Unprivate? Yeah. Yeah. Not private <laughs> at all. It felt cringy. And um, so, but then I thought about that text or context. And then I thought mm -hmm. about how Shannon brought him to the family view taping. And right. were, it's very not aligned with this alleged private uh, desire that he she has. She says one thing and then says another thing. And you never know what is the truth. So mm -hmm. in typical Shannon fashion, she storms off. Yes, I have to use my little Shannon Storms Bedore pun again. Uh, this is the third time this season, I believe. Um, and she's just deflect, deflect, deflect. And she tells production she is done and to take off her mic. And then Heather leaves with no resolution as we see Shannon walking down the beach. And there's a cute scene next with Jen, her kids, and the kittens. She and her adopted son have a conversation about adoption. And she explains that her family is his family and asks if he ever wants to meet his birth mom. It is a nice scene that admittedly I fast-forwarded through the first time I watched. So. <laughs> um, over at Chateau Dubrow, they sign escrow, escrow papers on their new penthouse in LA, and they tell us that they've sold the house for $55 million. What? That's uh, an insane amount of money. Yeah. I don't even, I can't even imagine that much money. So Emily calls Shannon and tells her they need to talk. And she tells her she cares about their friendship. And Shannon tells her to stop talking about her relationship to everybody. She claims she has a normal relationship, but Emily is not buying it. She tells her she shares a bunch of bullshit to everyone off camera and takes no accountability for it. And she calls her Jekyll and Hyde and says she's tired of it. They argue back and forth and Emily ends up hanging up on her. I was laughing so hard at this FaceTime argument because <laughs> back in the day, they would have made these two women get together oh, and yeah. argue in person. Mm -hmm. But now they're like, listen, we got a, we got a show to do. I, and Emily's poking at her phone at the I end know. button and it won't end. <laughs> I, if I argue with somebody on FaceTime, I'm liable to throw that shit across the room. Like, I I'm know. Like, Don't fight on FaceTime, but it was, and these poor producers, I hope these, I hope the one that works with Shannon is getting some sort of hazard pay because that is exhausting. You know, that's not the only time she's ever stormed off like that. And they, this is the third time this season and we're only on episode 11. Come on. Could you imagine how many times over the years she's just like, nope, I'm a, a done. Million. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Take the mic I'm off. Done. Give me the place on camera. Oh my God. Anyway. So anyway, at this point, I'm wondering who is actually going to this party. Uh, Shannon again freaks out and asks to stop filming. 
and production talks to Emily, who says she's done with this shit. Meanwhile, Shannon talks about all the things she can't talk about on camera as <laughs> she's being filmed and then says they have to cut it out. I mean, clearly that was ignored by production. Uh-uh. Gina, it, G- yeah, go ahead. It felt very uh, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like- I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she thinks they're going to listen to her. I would, I would be like, girl, we didn't listen to Denise Richards. You think we're right. going to listen to you? Uh-uh. Exactly, exactly. So Gina, Emily, and the ladies um, freed by the California Innocence Project get glammed up for this gala. And now from what I've heard, these two events were not the same night, but editing is making it look that way. When I was listening to two T's the other day, I believe Teddy said that they were not on the same night. That's what I heard too. And I don't think they were on the same night because even while they were at the, uh, exoneration event they um mm-hmm. no maybe no reference to the party at that event you know what no, i'm saying so no if it would have been the same night they would have definitely talked about it right petty you know because that's how it is right so they talk to some of the women who were wrongly convicted we hear their stories and then gina compares her dui and realizes it's nothing compared to what they've been through oh you think a They've been bit, in, yeah. in in jail for like 20 years for murder. They didn't commit. For you got a DUI. conviction, by the way. five minutes in jail. Exactly. Exactly. So back in Huntington, Shannon continues to set up this party, which seems now like it's been 17 hours. The party does look very cute. The guests arrive, which are Tamara and Eddie, Taylor and her husband, and Jen and Ryan, plus a few strays of Shannon's. Uh, we are treated to another hideous outfit on Ryan. And I got to tell you that somebody really needs to take the splatter paint away from this guy and lock it up where he can't get to it. Mm. Well, who gave him this idea that it's, know, but they, that y- you should throw paint all over your jeans? No. Whoever told him that just doesn't like him. And that's no, not his I know. That is not I know. your friend, girl. No, that is not your not friend. Your friend. Get him away from there. And so we have Senor Noodles, and he's the chef for the fiesta. And he looks like he's actually doing a hibachi-type taco thingy. Did you notice? Listen, like, as as a Mexican, I wondered, why didn't they bring a Mexican to do the taco yeah. night? Because Somebody we Senor know. Noodles. Yeah. First of all, Senor Noodles is, <laughs> noodles do not remind me of a taco. But that's no. Just, but I digress. I mean, listen, you're an hour away from L.A. You know how many taco people we have in L.A. in my culture? Like, come on. But I'm sure. I'm sure. And listen, I mean, I've been to many a happy hour at El Torito knowing damn well it's not authentic Mexican. Oh, he still love El Torito. They used to serve us when we were 15, Margarita. I used to love El Torito <laughs> back in the day. But my dad would get mad at me for seeing El Torito and not El Torito. He's like, why are you saying El Torito? <laughs> it's El Torito. torito. Exactly. But it felt very like a Chevy's type of taco. Yes. Yes, definitely. Would I have wanted been there? Absolutely. With the to-go plate. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So the tequila shots start flowing. Uh Oh, Tamara. And things Mm. get a little blurry. Uh, Meanwhile, back in San Diego at the gala, uh, which I also fast forwarded through the first time. Sorry. (laughs) Emily speaks and she asks for donations to the charity. Um, at the taco party, Shannon makes a speech and Eddie, who I have to say is doing the most this season, tells Shannon and John that he's happy to be there celebrating their relationship. In a good way. Right. Eddie's doing the most in a good way because they're it's doing the, the most. best. Yeah. There's doing the most in the Shannon Bedore way where you're throwing stuff and being angry and right. I've had it. I've had it. 
And then right. there's Eddie carrying the torch and yes, making it he's work. He's just there doing his little, you know, little things here and there. So Tamara says that she sees them to get in her confessional. She says she sees them together and she thinks that things are good, but she knows they're not. And her gut tells them they are never getting married. Um, Eddie then says to John, you mean you're not fucking another woman? After Ooh. he says something about their relationship being good. And at this point, that jackass Ryan says, Eddie, that's my job. Oh, really? my eyes hard at that one. Uh, I'm like, girl, know. Your, your woman was mortified at these rumors. But yeah, let's remind the audience about that. of it. Right. Let's it's laugh so at funny. Them. Right. Oh, 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 oh. I know. I can't. I can't. So Jen tells Shannon that Gina thinks she's poking around in her relationship to take the focus off her own. And then Shannon's heart starts to tell a story and talk a bunch of shit about Gina and says that. If she was crying to John Jansen for three years about David Bedore, there would be no relationship. And then starts talking more mad shit about Gina's DUI and how she tried to help her and how Gina's kids could have been taken away. What the fuck? That was such, I mean, listen, low blows are a thing in housewife culture. But to a table full of people, not to mention on national television. Exactly. It's like, whoa. And- To me, it was eye rolling that Shannon kept reminding Gina, remember what I did for you? Remember yes, what I did for you? Yes, remember? they flashed so, back to that scene. I know. I think Shannon was sort of weaponizing her alleged good good deed to sort Absolutely. of have Gina remain an ally and not come for her on the a show. A thousand percent. A thousand that's percent. What I, right. That's what she I didn't do it out of it. the goodness of her little heart. So Tamara shuts it down and just says, let's move on for the night. And I think she did Shannon a favor there, honestly. Uh, Chef Noodles breaks out a water gun filled with tequila and lots of silliness ensues. Taylor falls on her drunken ass and Tamara shoots everyone with tequila and then throws the gun onto the beach. Um, Meanwhile, over at $14 million Drive, the Dubros show off their Roberto Cavalli penthouse. Terry, Nikki, and Heather tour the apartment like it's the first time they've seen it. Uh, it has suede doors, for fuck's sake. I I, I just can't. It's 5,500 square feet, and it's two bedrooms. Oh, the super uh, rich. <laughs> uh, when I heard two bedrooms, two baths, I'm like, Heather Dubrow, is this just your closet? Is this your closet? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, right. what are you really 14 doing? $14 million. I know. But Crazy I don't ass. know if you, I don't know if you heard this gossip. I heard that they already bought another house in yes. uh, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills mm-hmm. And that this pay to tear, what the fuck you say it is their temporary housing until their fabulous until they, mansion yeah. is ready. Will mm. there be a crossover? It remains to be know. seen. So meanwhile, over at Jen's house, Gina arrives and they sit down to discuss the taco party. This is like the next day, I'm assuming, or a couple of days later. Gina isn't having it, saying that just because Shannon tries to set her on fire and watch her burn doesn't mean she can neglect the problems in her own life. And she says that Shannon saying her kids being taken away is 100% false and that Shannon is cruel. I thought it was cruel also and completely unnecessary to say. Uh, It was just another example of Shannon deflecting. And in the last scene, Emily meets face-to-face with Shannon. They argue back and forth. And Shannon says Emily is exaggerating about her relationship. And she says that Heather is a liar. She says that Heather has a history of making things seem worse than they are. And then we're treated to a flashback at that party at Lizzie's house where Heather tells Terry that Shannon is having a psychotic break. A psychotic break. That's (laughs) one of my favorite reaches. I know. Me too. Fake concern go up to her husband, the doctor. Should we call an ambulance? Yes, I think she's having a psychotic break. 
What a missed opportunity. I wish they would have called an ambulance back in the day. That would have been been great. So they, they move on from Heather and Emily cries and says she cares about Shannon and her kids and relationship. And she just wants her to be happy. And Shannon then tells us she's grateful for the meeting with Emily, but she's proceeding with caution and the episode ends. Now, next week, Gina confronts Shannon, who completely denies saying anything about CPS, taking it as far as saying, God, strike me dead. Does she not? Does she really? Does she really get that drunk and not remember anything she said? Does she not believe in God? Exactly. Does she not believe in God? Because God's looking at you like, all right, let me just get this nice and polished then. Because it's uh... insane. I know. So she also in this episode next week questions her relationship with John to Tamara and Tamara questions HD's Heather Dubrow, Heather Dubrow, HD. That's who that is. Stage paparazzi pics with Terry and Heather. Oh my God. I remember when those pictures first came out. I was so embarrassed. I was just like, I know it was, it was really embarrassing. And then we see Shannon have yet another sit down where Heather sheds one tear a la Lisa Rinna and the blue bunny. Oh, good God. It's just, and then I actually went on Twitter and I said, there was not enough Tamara this episode. And Tamara replies to me and says, my back was tired. (laughs) (laughs) From carrying all you fuckers on it. Yes. Exactly. What the hell? (laughs) Well, funny. It was a good episode. I look forward to next week, um, which we're going to figure out because I am going to New York, but we are going to figure out how to do that. So we're going to figure yeah. out how to squeeze it in at some point. Oh, cause I have the Beyonce concert. When I is that? Real- yeah. It's on Wednesday. The on Wednesday. Orange County airs on Wednesday. Yes. Um, We'll figure it out. I got we'll you. talk. Yeah, we'll talk. I'll bring my laptop with me. So we'll figure something else. I got you. Okay. Well, Leslie, I say this every week. I love talking to you. I love talking to you, Mario. I love talking to you. I love that. <laughs> I cannot wait for Lisa Barlow to come back on my screen. I, I know. Me too. Me too. All right. So Y'all everybody. are going to get sick of me because I'm going to be saying. I love that. Way too much <laughs> once Lisa Barlow is back on my screens. But anyway. whenever you're listening to this, we hope you're having a nice day. And we'll see Bye. you next time. Here on East and West. Bye. Bye. Bye.